Hello and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast episode 33. Okay, before we start, I want to take a moment to talk about something that I find very exciting. My podcast is now being featured on the Northern Runes Radio webpage. Now, uh, their webpage is northernrunesradio.com, and I'll have that in the show notes. Uh, I've been talking about them a lot. I think that I've mentioned we're in a partnership. I've mentioned that I really like their website and their podcast. And uh, we're kind of doing more of the network partnering things. And I'm one of their network partners. So my podcast, you'll see it on their homepage. And um, I would actually very much suggest that you listen to them as well. Because I really like the stuff that they're doing. I think they're doing a great job. And I mean... I'm a small part of their network right now because we only do a monthly podcast and I don't have quite the following that they do because they've been around for a while and and they've got a good show. Uh, But I'm really excited about being a partner of theirs, so I would strongly suggest you go to northernrunesradio.com or just Google Northern Runes Radio and you'll find them and I'd listen to their podcasts. I have not... um, Oh, yes. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. They are nearly done with their Runes podcast. They've gone through all of the Elder Futh arc, which is uh, the one that I focus on, as you can tell from the Runes podcast that I put out a while ago. They've gone through all of those, and I'd strongly suggest listening to all of those because Wodenson just goes into greater detail than I did. I wanted to do a one-hour podcast that covered all of the Runes. He is actually giving a podcast for each Rune, and, you know, the Runes will... Uh, spark other conversations and stuff like that so it's like he goes over the rune and then he talks about things in the theme of that rune uh, but I really think he's doing a good job and he's bringing in the three original rune poems which I always suggest and he's also bringing in um, the Armanan texts and I think that's interesting too I like that he's doing that and now he's going into some of the runes that aren't in the Elder Futhark but they're in the Younger Futhark but there's still connections back to the Elder Futhark and it's just a very exhaustive study on the runes and I've just really enjoyed that podcast a lot I mean I agree with most of the things that he's saying there he definitely is familiar with the runes and he suggests the meditation and everything and I really want to absolutely second that if you want to understand the runes you need to go through the meditation and work with the runes as well so I just wanted to say thank you to Northern Runes Radio for uh, you know putting me in the podcast stream or, or however you phrase that and suggest to everybody out there who has not already heard of Northern Runes Radio, which probably most of you found this podcast through them, but just in case you didn't, I really want everybody out there to check out Northern Runes Radio because they've really been doing some exciting stuff lately, and I've been really happy with them. So, thank you. And moving on from that, I did want to mention I've got a couple pieces of feedback now. Um, We're even going to go over one other show today, and I love getting feedback, and I love it when people say that I can share it on the show, and it sparks conversations, and, you know, makes me think about things that maybe I haven't thought about, and if you want to leave feedback, just send it to hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. That can be found at my website, which is hugenhoff.org, that's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org, and actually any email there will get the 
get the message to me eventually. But my preferred method is the Podcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, thoughts, whatever they are, send them my way, and I would appreciate that. And we are going to be talking about a little bit of prophecy today. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment to say hello to my guest, Lore. Lore, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, just a little tired, because, you know, that's how things happen when you're working. Yes, having a job is just hard. Yeah, but, but you know, I'm excited, so mm, other than yeah. that, it uh, seems like a pretty good day, so let's see about talking about something. All right. And, you know, I suppose there's the pride you can take in working and stuff like that, too. So it's not all bad. Eh, pride, work. Eh. Oh, yeah, wow. If it's work that I'm doing, that I want to do, that it's something I'm creating, sure, certainly take pride in that. If you're, you're if you're doing work for somebody else, I guess you can take pride that you did a good job, but yeah, you can I, always... prefer, I prefer to do my own thing. Well, that's true. But, yeah, I suppose you can always take pride in doing a good job. Anyway, uh, the first thing that I want to go over is some of the feedback that we got. And and what's kind of happened with this is I thought she had a really good question, and then it got me thinking about some other stuff, which is actually going to be the topic. So let's start with the the feedback, which I got from Lauren, and not my wife, to be clear. She's from the UK, and again, thank you for the feedback. Um, Her question was I was listening to you telling the story of Thor fishing for the Midgarb Serpent and how the giant cut his fishing line out of fear they would drown. Could this also be a fear that Thor would cause Ragnarok to come early if he did fight the serpent? And for a little background, I'm pretty sure everybody knows, and I think we covered it, Thor will fight the Midgard Serpent in Ragnarok. And that was put forward by uh, the Volva back in the Valsapa, I think it was. Yes. So, before I get into anything, Lore, what do you think about this question? Well, I think it's an interesting question because it kind of leads us into a thought process of, okay, do the gods, do the giants know that there is going to be a Ragnarok? You know, uh, if they do, do they know everyone's uh, placement in it? And are they trying to prevent it? Are they trying to start it with certain acts? You know, uh, that's the thing about prophecy. It, it kind of makes us look ahead at things and try to prevent them, cause them, yeah. you know. And, yeah. Before we get into that aspect, I, I think she's got a good point. I think she might be onto something here. I want to quickly touch on the idea of... um. Are the giants necessarily trying to cause Ragnarok? Because I think sometimes we can fall into the thinking of, oh, they're giants, they're bad guys, they want Ragnarok. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, and I'm going to hand it over to you, but um, I do think the giants want stagnation. I don't think the giants want things to change. When Ragnarok comes, you know, obviously they're going to fight, but I feel like sometimes their end goal is more a goal of stagnation, nothing moving forward, just, you know, kind of a representation of a will to just have everything stop. And a little bit of a tie-in to the Northern Runes Radio podcast, a big reoccurring theme of, of Wodensen is there's not really such a thing as inertia, It's not like, okay, I'm living my life, I'm happy, I'm doing whatever. If I just stop trying, 
or it's it's more obvious with meditation but I know everybody doesn't meditate that's not the only place it works if I just stop trying I'm not just gonna stay as good as I am now I'm going to get worse so an example would be like if you're a runner and you run every day and I know Lord that you do run so this will ring true if you just stop running one day and let's say you you even stop walking you just sit in a you get a hover round and you're like my legs are tired so you get a hover round and you drive everywhere in your hover round and you've just stopped running you're you're not actively trying to be a bad runner but you just stop running and at the time you stopped you could run five miles if you do that for three years you can't just get up and start running again you've done damage by not moving forward. And I feel like the goal of the giants is to cause inertia, but when I say inertia, I mean the stopping of striving towards all these things, which actually causes us to regress and go back spiritually, physically, emotionally, societally, whatever. So I feel like that is the goal of the giants. So they don't want Ragnarok, they want that. Anyway, I'll turn it over to you, Laura. Okay, so you're talking about inertia. Well, there's this thing called other stuff that happens to cause inertia not to continue forward. Imagine, if you will, a stagnation is complete free cessation of everything. Okay? That is the non-movement in any fashion of everything. So, you take that runner, and they're frozen solid for three years. You know, okay. They've yeah. experienced nothing. They, they've not consumed more calories. They've not, not burned any calories. They've They've, uh, they're just the same as they were. And stagnation then would be nothingness. It would just be the ceasing of existence. Yeah. And if you were to then start back up again, that runner, three years frozen and somehow survived, would be the same runner that they were before the freezing. And that would be the inertia. The right. The inertia of actual stopping, ceasing of everything. But what, uh, you're, you are Correct. I mean, scientifically, you are correct. But I suppose the point of inertia, me being, or uh, inertia is not the right word, but I don't have the right word. The idea of, of us individually falling into inertia and it being a backwards thing is the nature of the universe is to not stop. We can't stop the universe. We can't hold a moment of time in our hands. You know, maybe in the future we can, but I kind of doubt it. I don't really buy well, the time that travel doesn't thing. Matter if, it doesn't matter the idea that we think we can't or can. All that matters is that the giants want to and strive towards a stagnation where everything ceases. Well, I think they strive for the type of inertia where everyone stops doing stuff. But the universe continues on, and things fall into decay. I, I think I think, th- I think they're looking for order, and the best order that you can get is ceasing everything. I, that, well, that's a good question. I'm not sure the giant. I I'm not sure the type of. I don't know if I call the giants agents of order or not. Well, they're not agents of chaos, are they? Except maybe the fire giants. Well, the fire giants, you're right. And I mean, that's that's an interesting point. Um, I don't know. This is a really good question. Again, inviting people to send feedback. You could look at it as the fire giants or orders of chaos. You know, fire, obviously. I think that seems pretty 
pretty obvious to me. And are the Ice Giants orders, um, I mean, figures of order to the unhealthy extreme where they want nothing to move because that is actually the most ordered? And it's got a nice balance, doesn't it? Of this order is how and chaos. I, this this is how I've always perceived it. Whether or not it's uh, in the lore necessarily, it's just that you have the two opposing forces. You know, fire mm. and ice, because that's what created you know the right. universe as we Nifelheim, right? And I see those two things w- were the opposing forces, and we now have the the ice giants, and we have our fire giants who stand on either side, and the gods and, and us as people stand in the middle trying to create balance or have balance mm-hmm. between the two. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I know that a lot of people view the gods as agents of order and then the giants more chaotically. Um, but I don't, I believe that order can go too far and I think it Absolutely. would lead to stagnation. Um, I think the gods are more of the balance so I think the Ice Giants being ordered to the extreme, where it's no longer healthy, makes a lot of sense, the Ice Giants. I would like to hear other people's thoughts on that, because I'm curious what other people are saying. But well, I, mean, the I, I do think that makes us, sense. The problem with us discussing this is we probably discussed it before. We, we have, probably yeah. came to the same conclusions previously. So what we're going to do, unless we start arguing uh, Devil's Advocate... Uh, we will be on the same side of this conversation. Uh, yeah, generally speaking, that is. And sometimes I'll take devil's advocate, but I honestly don't think I know the other side well enough to take devil's advocate here. So I'll leave that to the listeners if if a lot of people disagree with us. And, you know, always remember, we could be wrong. We're not experts. We're just a couple of guys who happen, you know, in, we're in a kindred, but it doesn't mean we're some all-knowing authorities on this, so please don't hesitate to write in. And you're allowed to have your opinion, and it oh, will yeah, yeah. upset us. I mean, I, exactly. we're not going to be upset if you disagree with us. If you try to stop us from uh, having a thought, then well, yeah, we would have be, a problem, but you know, you can think anything different. you want. So yeah, I do encourage people to write in. Um, so if we think about the Frost Giants being things that want to create ultimate unhealthy stagnation type of order they wouldn't really want ragnarok they'd fight in it because they were after something else they were mm-hmm. after stagnation so i wonder and we need we will get back to your original question because that's the heart of the matter but i wonder if they are equally scared of ragnarok as let's say people are because obviously we know about it it's in the lore um, if they know it, if they did know about it, would they be equally scared of it? And I think there's a fair reason to say they would be. Well, I think all, in my opinion, there are three sides in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. You basically just see the gods versus giants, or or yeah. Loki, or whatever. But you know, it's god versus gods versus everybody else, kind of. Uh, but I think that the gods are willing to sacrifice for balance, is yes. what I see. And the giants are willing to risk their nature, their beings, their essence, to, in hopes of causing their view of the world to come again. And yeah. maybe in the next uh, cycle, they would maybe have a better chance, or maybe the gods will. It's just right. maybe it's just all a culmination of trying to figure out what's going to happen next. 
but we don't know. We have our prophecy, right? Uh, but and we see a little into that future, but we don't see much, right? Uh, one other thing I did want to mention before we move on fully into the prophecy is I think the idea that the giant thought it would cause Ragnarok to come early is interesting and warranted for the reasons I've just said. But he might also have just been scared that he was going to have his boat be capsized and die. And I think Thor ended up throwing him out anyway, so a lot of good it did. Didn't didn't do much good. He's like, oh, you're going to be scared? Well, here, here's what you're scared of. So it could very, it could, I, I want to show the other side, it could also very much be, well... He was just out for self-preservation. He was afraid, and he didn't want to be thrown over, so he panicked and cut the rope. That would that, that would be a possible explanation, too. So I, I think both sides make a lot of sense. But then I started thinking, okay, so in the Valspa, it talks about Odin raising the Volva and asking her... What does our future hold? What does my future hold? She goes into Ragnarok, etc., etc. We have a whole series on the Valsapod. Go listen to it if you'd like, and I'd suggest it. Um, so if... It, okay, and then also in the Lord, does it not over and over say that after Odin learned his fate, he never smiled again. He had the burden of knowing his fate and all of this stuff. So it kind of makes sense that the other gods don't know their fate. Because if it's such a burden to Odin, and Odin called the Volva, not the other gods, would the other gods not know about Ragnarok? And therefore, would the giants also not know about Ragnarok? But well, I mean, that can't the be the flip- case because we know it. If we know it, they're going to know it too. And, and, and I... I thought about that, and then I also wondered, how connected are the nine worlds? Now, we do know that the gods have traveled to Midgard. Odin, in particular, is extremely fond of traveling in Midgard. But we don't know exactly how often that happens, and we don't know exactly how interested, on a day-to-day basis, the gods and giants are of Midgard. Maybe they just stayed out. You know, it's something I to think about. I don't it's... think so. There, they, we've had dwarves. We've had. I, I'm pretty sure we've had giants on, in Midgard in certain stories. Uh, yes, they also travel to. Uh, maybe they don't travel very much, though. Maybe like not. Once in a while, and and maybe Odin was like, "Hey, Volva, Arin, is anybody going to go visit a uh, rag?" Or visit, or, or okay, Odin would be like, hey, Volva, when's the last time someone other than me is going to visit Midgard? And she's like, Tuesday. And it's like, okay, I'll give to this to the people on Wednesday. I don't know why. Which I would be amusing because Woden's Ah, get it? Oh, man. I wish that was on purpose. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just saying it is a notion to entertain. But if okay, so so where where's the battlefield happening though, right? Is it not in Midgard? Oh well, it is. Yes. Okay. Wouldn't you, as a military-minded individual, wish to stake out claims and or see the surface of the battlefield that you're going yeah, to yeah. attend on? Yeah, but Odin so could come would... as much as he wanted. Well, Odin yeah, right would, knows. because he wants yeah. to stake out the battlefield, right? And he does. Well, yeah. So would the so would the giants. 
eh, maybe the giants no aren't that they really wouldn't. that battle-minded. They're just concerned with their own affairs. They're, they're busy maybe, being stagnant. If they're busy being stagnant in their own realm, why do they even try to come into ours? Ah, Loki convinces them. Huh? Oh, well. Maybe. Maybe, except for he's chained up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he breaks his chains in Ragnarok, remember? Yeah, I guess so. Because we don't have change. a certain period of time that it takes from him to get to Midgard. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, I'm saying he could break his chains, and then he'd go up. Oh, well, actually, that could even make sense. No, I'm going to. He breaks his chains, and then he goes up to the giants, and he's like, hey, we need to start this battle, and then the giants are like, okay, let's go, and before then, they don't come. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not the case. I'm just saying that is one conceivable possibility. But uh, because, I mean, and you also... does Loki know? I mean, he's crazy, and he probably <laughs> wouldn't tell him if he did know. He <clears throat> wants to try anyway, right? Yeah. I, well, I would figure he would know. The Volva was raised by Odin, and it doesn't say that yeah. Odin mentions that to Loki. So, it actually well, the fact that we know it is ridiculous that no one else would know it. All right, now I will mind. say, it, with Loki in particular, he really may not know it, and the reason I say that is he is chained to the center of the Earth. He really can't travel to Midgard. Well, it depends unless on someone when told the... him. It depends on when Odin raised her and when he quest questioned her and when we got the information. What yeah. timeline? Was it before Loki was right. Jane? Was it after? Well, yeah, and, and that comes up with all of this stuff. Did we get the lore? At what point in time in the stories did we get the lore? And when the story Thor Goes A-Fishing, because I like that title, happened, was the lore given to the people at that point in time? And I think that is a question worth asking. Um... I feel like, in all likelihood, the gods probably do know by this point in time. But when most of the lore was put down, they probably didn't. Odin wouldn't want to burden them with that until a little bit later, when we were a little bit... until it became necessary. Because you also have the idea in favor that the gods do know it, is we... um, You know everybody sees this differently, but when... When we do bloats, the way that I personally see it is that we're communing with the gods. And many times we mention Ragnarok. You know, we'll read stories from Ragnarok's two bloats that all of the gods are invited to. And I don't think that's inappropriate. I don't think you should like try to keep it a secret by only mentioning Ragnarok in exclusive Odin bloats or something weird like that. But I'm saying that we and I would assume our ancestors had bloats where all the gods were invited and we mentioned Ragnarok. So obviously well, the gods let me, would figure it out. Let then me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Then. There are people, I think they're misguided, but that's my personal opinion, who for whatever reason honor Loki and the giants yeah. or fire and ice and they presumably know about Ragnarok and maybe mention it and talk to them about it. Now, I don't know if they can actually commune because they're not ancestors. Well, no, they probably aren't. So, they well, would I know mean, from that. There, there is the argument they would know from that. But I'm... And I don't want to disparage somebody else's religion, 
But personally, I feel like those people are probably not really communing with Loki and the Giants because Loki and the Giants are both the enemies of man now. Even if they came yes, up to them and said... Yes, but maybe those people were enemies of man. It doesn't matter. There they are, are some man. people who are enemy. They yeah. wouldn't give okay, them. Fine. They wouldn't give them the time of day. They they wouldn't listen to them. You know, if I was, I'm trying to think of a rivalry, but only hockey rivalries come well, to mind, and that's not here's, appropriate. Here's the but thing. if I hate people a group take of people, in... I, you won't take yes. them in. You hate them. You yeah. you will not. No, take you don't them take in. them in, but you take their information. You will take their information. What if what if I hate spiders? I love spiders, so I'm not using that example. What if I hate okay. butterflies with just the passions <laughs> of knifle hell? I hate butterflies. And a butterfly flies up to me, and let's just pretend we're in a world where butterflies talk. I'm like, I don't care what you have to say. I'm killing you, or I'm ignoring you, or I'm shutting my door. I think well, the it type depends of... on if you get... Go ahead. Okay, it depends on if you have the idea that these things can communicate. If you think they can communicate, there is something to be gained through communication with anything. If a butterfly yes. can talk to me, no matter how superior I am to it, I might listen to it. Yes, but that's but because... But that's me. That's, that's one of our... As humanity, it's not us, but as humanity, that is one of our saving graces. And I think that is one of the gods' saving graces. They have invited giants in, for example. You've never seen a situation where a giant married a god. Uh, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't go that way, and I think that... They want to. Oh, um, yeah, I suppose. That's fair. That's fair, they do. They did want to marry Freya. <clears throat> yes, but that was early in the history. I think there's so much an animosity and hatred built up on their side that I'm not sure they would listen to a god or human at this point in time. And I don't know, but maybe maybe that's wrong, but I I'm just not completely convinced that they would even entertain well, a conversation. To me, it is so abundantly clear through all languages through the world, the mm. term Ragnarok yeah, happens. Yeah. Um, it's conveyed. People know it. I mean, people have Armageddon too, but they also yeah, know what yeah. Ragnarok is. Yeah, even I people who aren't Austrian know what Ragnarok is. Right, right. I think it would be very surprising if the giants didn't know about it. It would be even more surprising if the rest of the gods didn't. Right. Yeah, and I think that is probably true. You know, again, write in. Um, now, I, I do think that humanity getting it and thereby the rest of the gods learning about it happened later in the time stream, the mythological time stream. And I'm, I know people talk that in mythology order, the feeling of time is different. And you know, I, I agree with that. But if you draw a basic timeline, I feel like most of these other myths happened before the gods knew about, the rest of the gods knew about Ragnarok, which is why in those stories yeah. I feel like Odin was more somber than the other gods. And at, at this stage yeah. in development, they're, they're probably, I don't think they're all somber, but I think they're more in the planning phases and, and probably getting ready for it at this point in time. Probably the giants and gods. And probably. of course there is 
there there's probably multiple ways to view it but there is one more view that we have not discussed i don't think on the show we have t- talked about it in person and mm-hmm. you have uh your ideas that against it and i don't yeah. i'm not really sold on it myself but there is another notion that ragnarok had already happened the gods and giants have already fought and what we have is leftover stories from the last age and what we're living in now is the age of Baldur and hoder right and the sons of thor and that is that is a popular mythology it, it was more popular than it is now because it was a story that was spread by the priests who were trying to convert everybody um I was Wouldn't actually likely, reading this. Yes. Well, I was reading about it in... Um, it's a good book, but it's one of those kind of boring books. Um, by Rydberg. I can't remember the name of the book. Oh, well, I'll think of it later. Um, but anyway, what what the priest would do is be like, Oh, look, um, your story is talking about Ragnarok. Uh, Ragnarok already happened. And all of your gods are dead because that's what your story says. So you can believe in Jesus now. And I mean, it was for some of the simple folk. And I'm not using that in a derogatory term as in all our ancestors were simple. But the people who bought into that philosophy kind of were. Um, And they were trying to uh, uh, compare Jesus to Balder, I think. Yeah. Yes. They were saying, you said Balder, but we just call him Jesus. So it's the same. So now you can be Christian because your gods are dead. And this is really the continuation of of your religion. It completely ignores the fact that um, Magni and Modi are going to be there, that Hod is going to return, that certainly some of, if not the majority of the goddesses are still there. Baldur is not the only one who survives Ragnarok. So, Very true. Their attempt, in my mind, doesn't make sense if you really hold it up to scrutiny. But they probably knew that everybody wouldn't hold it up to scrutiny and it didn't work poorly. Some of my problems with it... Well, my biggest problem with it is something that's obviously not verifiable is I've had experiences with Odin and Bragi and some of the other gods who are said to die in Ragnarok. So if Ragnarok had already happened, I probably would not be able to have those experiences. Because certainly... And you have an experience with Baldur now? I mean, you can feel something for Balder. Yeah, because he's in hell. I mean, he's still on the right. tree. Do, to have so an actual conversation die, would be hard. Do they go to hell? Uh, okay, now, first of all, I have to say, as a disclaimer, we're getting into my own personal ideas. None of this stuff is going to be necessarily <laughs> backed up by the mythology. No, but it's fun to discuss, at least it in is. my mind. It is. It it is, but I just want to say to people, hey, we're out of the looking at this academically area, academically and as in using books. Um, I personally think that when the gods die, they will be reborn into a higher realm than we current, currently are, probably into something that we can't comprehend where we are now. Uh Yggdrasil is the world tree, and somewhere in the Lords mentioned, you know, the forest of Hogmim or some weird word like that. I think Yggdrasil is the nine worlds, but I think it's part of something 
bigger. Just like I talked about, you think it's one of one tree in a forest. Yes, yeah, and, and I think that the gods who die in Ragnarok will go to one of those other trees, or maybe leave the forest. I don't know, but they'll go on to bigger things, but also much farther away things. And sort of gets into that thing I mentioned. Oh no, wait, that's in a personal conversation. I had mentioned that in many ways. We all suffer our own personal Ragnarok when we die, and when our bodies are reborn into whatever the next world might be, much like the Earth is reborn after Ragnarok, things work on the small scale and the big scale, and things just keep infinitely getting bigger and bigger and smaller and smaller. And I think there's something bigger than Yggdrasil, which we're not quite ready to understand yet. Um... But, you know, there'll, there'll be a point when Odin doesn't have that much left to learn about the Earth. Sure, he could gather facts and figures, but his spirit is ready to understand greater truths of the universe. So I think he's going to be very in a very alien world to ours when he uh, dies in Ragnarok. So, did that answer your question? It got a little rambly. Uh, it did, and I think it's important to think about the beyond, yeah, yeah. even just for practice of thinking. It, it's it's a good idea. Um, yeah. And if we were just to stick with the lore sometimes, we limit ourselves because there's not that much lore necessarily, right. Yeah. and there's a lot of things that are left unexplained, and I like mm-hmm. to explain and discover. Yeah. And, you know, we've lost a lot of lore as part of it. I sometimes wonder if, um, and I don't have any evidence for this, but I sometimes wonder if vagities, I do not think that's a word, if the lore was purposely left vague and some things were purposely left misunderstood or not fully explained to encourage us to keep thinking and really examining things. I, I think then you would have the fallacy of the Bible is right. It's easy to fall into if everything's explained. And I'm not saying the Bible does that, but people will claim well, it does. Well, no matter, no matter the interpretation, the Bible is right kind of well, thing, yeah, where yeah. what what language is it in, and how did they explain it, and right. has this been mistranslated? And once you get that uh, translation that you read, that's the right one, and so our translations of our lore is the right one. Right. Well, I, this is why I always want to keep going back and digging and maybe learn the language, because otherwise... I think I'd we're losing something. Mm-hmm. I think we're losing something when we don't uh, have everything. I don't think it was on purpose that we've lost anything, other than maybe someone purposely uh, made us less. Well, what what I'm saying is um, <clears throat> explaining what lies beyond Yggdrasil was probably purposely not put in there, um, just because we're not necessarily ready to learn that, but also because it's an encouragement for us to ponder things right. more deeply. Well, I mean, it'd be an interesting thing to see what religion are our gods, you know? Mm. Do they have religion, or is it just something completely different, you know? Well, yeah, that's actually a really great, re- a really great question. I draw analogies between us and the gods a lot of the time. So... Do the gods have a religion or 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 not? 
and I, I doubt they, you know, necessarily use that word, but do they have guides? Because the gods are, you know, somebody who has been around here for a long time and have done great things, and they're spiritually more evolved, to use the term, than us, you know, in, in my opinion personally here. So we look to them um, to emulate, sort of, but more for guidance so they can put us on the right path. Right. So, and I mean, I, it would stand to reason that they were looking for someone to put them on the right path, but right. I don't know. And this is why, like, I don't have a problem with calling them gods because that's the term that we use and has mm -hmm. been used. But to me, they're like elder family, experienced, wise people <laughs> who we can call on because they are our, they are our family. And we look up yeah, to them because yeah. they have all this experience. And maybe they push that on and they have people that they look up to who came before them, who, who help guide their people just like they help guide our people kind of thing. Yeah, and that would be, I think that'd be interesting. But then I think they're in a different situation yes. necessarily. Well, there's because... also much fewer of them than there are of us. Well, that's that's one thing. Um but also, they know that we look up to them. We right. don't have anyone other than children who look up to us and look to us for guidance. We don't have, like, another race of beings. It's not like the dwarves look not up yet. to us we or don't. something. Well, you know, that's actually really interesting. What happens if artificial intelligence really goes out? Is it I'm another link in the chain? I'm glad you understood what I was thinking. Okay. Well, uh I think about artificial intelligence too much. But that's that's like... And, you know, that would be a whole other show. Can an artificial intelligence have rights? Um, I or personally religion. think it does. Can it have a religion? Again, I personally think it does. Or it could. Or it, it could. Not it does. It, it, oh. oh, sorry, I got distracted. Um, <laughs> I personally think that it could. But... And yeah, if we did that, would we be another link in the change? It goes from the AI looking to us and us looking to the gods. Well, I you mean, think this about is it. They, a good uh, question. Who created humanity? Right. Well, yeah. And uh, we we are creators too. We make, we yes. shape, we form. It's not un unthinkable to think that we might create another life right. form. Right. We and totally could. I do want to say that the gods more put us on our path. They made us human, but they did they did create us from the trees. So the gods didn't create create us like out it of would nothing. be in a biblical source. Out of nothing. Well, yet. we wouldn't be creating anything out of nothing either. Right, right. And it... Yeah, uh, we wouldn't be creating the silicon we made their robots with either. So I just kind of want to put that distinction out there as a point of notice. So I don't know. I don't know what your the answer to your question is. And I'm not convinced we can know. Again, not a reason to give up and stop asking. But I'm not convinced that we can know something like, do the gods have gods? But it's conceivable that we could be in that same place. So maybe they do. That's a that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. Okay, Saga is getting upset. Just for clarity, I'm not ignoring my baby. Uh, my wife is taking care of her right now. 
and she does tend to cry now and again. It's it uh, even if you're paying full attention to her, changing her, feeding yeah, her. I, I've been there. She's changing her diaper. Saga is not a fan of the diaper change, but I'm sure she'll get her. Um, you want to move on to uh, prophecy then, because we have you know what, ten twenty minutes. Yes, I did. I I think these are good questions, and you know maybe we'll explore these at a later date and time or something. But I do want to get back into prophecy. I mean, all of this is sort of centered around prophecy. But a really good question about prophecy is: Okay, let's just take this Thor goes a fishing story. What would happen if Thor caught the Midgard serpent and killed him? What would happen? Because by prophecy, he can't. He has to do that in Ragnarok. So, a few of our options. I mean, you could say that the okay, and this isn't this is a, uh, a not an obvious one, but one that makes a lot of sense. You could say, well, the Volva knew that this was going to happen. The Volva knew that the string was going to be cut by the giant. The Volva knew this whole situation was going to happen. So she says that Thor killed the Midgard serpent in Ragnarok because um, she knew it would necessarily happen because of prophecy. Uh, But also you could kind of say, what if now that Thor does know that he's going to get killed by the Midgard serpent, what if he goes out there and finds him and kills him? Does does an epic battle ensue? Because the Midgard serpent won't just roll over. Does an epic battle ensue and they both kill each other and Ragnarok starts? Does it break prophecy and then prophecy's wrong now? Well, I don't even there's know. Another way, there's, a, there's another way to interpret this, and this is more of an Alexander viewpoint. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I sometimes think about it uh, as a realistic viewpoint for prophecy, but it's not that we're fated necessarily to do certain things. It's just that we're likely to, and we really can't fight against it because the, it's in our nature to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone hears something, it's going to make them want to do something, or it's going to make them not want to do something. But that is what is going to happen. Uh, if we look back uh, in time enough, I suppose, um, the pattern of the universe is, if you could know the pattern of the universe, I know this kind of throws out the whole, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, Subatomic theory and quant- quantum yeah, mechanics. quantum theory, quantum mechanics. But if you could throw that out for just a second, that it, it is still knowable, even if you're viewing it. Um, you could see that we're just a series of dominoes who appear to have uh, free will. Now we are we have a will, and but it's just always going to be along the path that the dominoes have set us for. So therefore, no matter what, you're going to wind up with Thor fighting mm, the yeah. Midgard serpent and killing it during Ragnarok, because that's just what's going to happen because of the dominoes. Now that would be fate, and that's fatalism. Yeah, and that's without will, kind of. Well, now, and just to let you, Laura, know, I don't care if the show runs over a little bit if we're having an interesting conversation, but it'll be approximately an hour. Okay. Um, there is an argument that you can have free will and fatalism, both. I'm not sure I'm convinced by it, but 
we'll go over right. it. Um, uh, you can't have the third quantity of omnipotence. That's well, t- maybe you could. I don't know. Uh, but okay, so let's say it is fated that we're going to record our podcast at seven today. Okay, we recorded our podcast at seven. That was actually fated, right? It would happen necessarily. It's in a book somewhere. Neither of us mm. have access to this book, however. Now, when I called you and I was like, hey, you want to do a podcast at 7? And you're like, sure, I do. Just because that was written in a book that the podcast was going to be 7 tonight, does that mean you didn't have a choice? Or didn't you still make an active choice and practice free will even though someone someone somewhere knew that you were going to do that? You still practiced free will even though fate was a thing. Yes. But if you knew about it, then you would have no free will. Uh, perhaps. Maybe. But, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with this either. Uh, then I, I also think about stories like, and this is not from our mythology, but it's from uh, Greek mythology, which I like. Um, well, story, whatever. What was the guy who married his mom? Oedipus. Oedipus, the oracle, if I remember correctly, the oracle was like, you're going to kill your dad and marry your mom. And he was disgusted by this, obviously, and he's like, no, I have free will. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to run away to a faraway land. And he did that. And I don't remember the exact details. Maybe his parents were disgusted by it, too, and they also ran away to a faraway land. Anyway, years later, he runs into them, but since he was not raised by them, he does not recognize them, and his father insults him on the road, so he kills him, and then he goes in there, and he takes over the city and marries his mom, just like the prophecy said. So in, in that situation... He was trapped by fate in a sense. You know, things worked out that he necessarily did what he was fated to do. But his free will was not hampered. He ran away like he wanted to. He killed the guy who insulted him like he wanted to. He married the queen of the city like he wanted to. So free will did still exist, but fate also prevailed. It it could be the case, and it, it would I would argue would probably be stronger with gods and giants and the like, just because they're they're archetypical to an extent. Um, it may be the case that even though Thor knows he's going to fight the Midgard Serpent, he would not try to stop it. Well, and also he, if they knew Ragnarok was going to happen, yeah. if they try to instigate something before that, the good outcome of Ragnarok, which is the world rises again from the ashes, and right. we have another... A chance for the wheel to continue to turn and fight for balance once more. Yeah. That if they interrupt that, maybe it would be worse. Right. And I do think that is part of Ragnarok. I think I've talked about it before, where Odin is not trying to prevent Ragnarok nearly as much as he's trying to make sure it happens at the right time. Exactly. And and we see it everywhere. We see a forest fire. If you're a dumb person who goes out and starts a forest fire you've done damage but if the forest never burns you stop the lightning 
from striking that would ignite a forest fire, the forest will choke itself and die. The destruction has to happen, but it has to happen at the right time. Right. So I feel like <clears throat> it, it could be that fate. There, there is an element of fate because the gods know what their fate is. Um, but they don't try to stop it because they understand it's uh, necessary. The giants could even know what their fate is, and maybe they don't try to stop it because they understand it, it's in their nature to do what they do. It's just, well, if you think of them as machines more yes. than you think of them as individuals, the gears are set in motion and they have to move when the gears tell them to. Yeah, and I feel, and again, I could be wrong right in, but I feel like the giants have a lot less free will than mankind, humankind, or the gods. That's Just by the nature of what well. they are. Yeah. yeah. So if they know they're not going to necessarily... Because what could they do to help them? They could start it early. But they're not necessarily going to do that because they're more reactionary, machine-like is a good way to put it, entities who are very much cause and effect. They they don't really have the same kind of free will that man or gods do. And then, of course, people and gods understand that, as painful as it is, the world has to be destroyed to be reborn so they would accept their fate and fight for that reason. <sighs> I mean, I guess that's still fate. And, you know, it's like if you do a rune reading or a tarot card reading or whatever, some sort of seeth magic, whatever prophecy, vision. Divining. Divining, divining, yes, thank you. Whatever divining you're doing. Um, With divining, in my, uh, the way I see it to an extent, is this is the future if you keep doing the things that you're doing. You know, so do I want, do I want this future which was shown to me to be the future. And you can imagine situations where it's good and you do. You can imagine, you know, the Christmas carol with Scrooge and all of that. The ghost of Christmas future, future. shows him his future. That's his future if he continues as he is. It's still divination, even though it doesn't happen because he has a change of heart. It was the future he was going to have if he continued on the path that he continued on. So the question is fate... I mean, it wouldn't be fate anymore. Is Devolva doing something like that? She is showing the future if things continue as they are and these things happen and the gods have decided, well, this is what we want. This is what we need. So we're going to continue on what we're doing to fulfill our fate. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. There, there were sagas where it was talked about, you know, like the hero would have, the hero could fulfill his fate. If fate is truly something written in stone that cannot be changed, you can't fulfill your fate. It happens on its own. Maybe fate is a possibility, a thing we can fulfill if we choose to. And on the big scale, maybe Ragnarok is too. And I think these are likely possibilities. These are the most likely possibilities to happen. Um, This is why Odin and the rest of the gods still struggle even though yeah. they know their fate, because right. they know it has to happen at the right time. You keep fighting. If, if, if you know that everyone's 
going to die, except for, you know, certain some and some are coming back, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You're still going to struggle to make sure the good happens. You still fight on. Right. And it is likely to happen because of that fighting on. It's it's I don't think that they're written in stone. I think they're probabilities or outcomes. And there are good things to happen from following certain prophecies. Right. Divi- divin- divi- eh, I can't say Divinations. the word now. Divinations. So you either do and you try because you know the goodness that can happen from them. Because we don't mm. necessarily try to divine the worst possible outcomes. We try to divine right. the best possible outcomes. So right, let's right. fight and for those. And if you were doing divinations and you came out with a horrible outcome, that would be a sign not to accept your fate and realize your life is going to suck. It'd be a sign to change something. Exactly. It'd be just like Scrooge again, as right, an example. Exactly. Right, he changed it. So I, I do wonder if it's more like that. It's just making clear the cause and effect relationships in place. You know, if I turn my car key in my car, if if I say to you, when I turn my car key, my car will start. I, I didn't do, well, okay. Devin, I didn't do, you, do anything magical, but I did predict the future because I turned the did, key and the car started. Do you know the exact question that was placed to the Volspa or to the Volspa? Um, God is like, what's the future? Oh, man, that's a really good question. I wonder if I could find it really quickly. Probably not. Because if you can, you can parse that maybe it was the best outcome that we could get if the question was asked in that way. What's... Oh, sacred if it, text. If it wasn't, it would be more loose. I would want to kind of think that the question was kind of implied to be the best possible outcome, so therefore mm. Odin would want to fight to have Ragnarok happen at the appropriate time. As opposed to, um, oh, it's it's going to be a bad time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember exactly what the question is. I was going to see if it's, it's really easy to find. I think it is a little vague, right? Um, but yeah, it could vary. And, and I think it is the best possible outcome, even though it's sad that... Odin and Thor and Heimdall are going to die, A, they're probably going to go on to bigger, better things, so to speak. You know, death is not necessarily always the enemy. Um, And on the other hand, I I do think it's important to remember, like, if, if we're thinking about Thor in particular, yeah, he'll die, but Magni and Modi will survive because of it. They won't die in Ragnarok, so things will survive. And you know, it's it's one of those things. What would you do if you could sacrifice yourself to save humanity? Let's just make it a Hollywood movie. You could sacrifice yourself to save humanity. And I, I am a bit of an optimist, but I feel like any... 99% of people would do it. Yes, it's sad that they would die, but you'd save humanity, so you'd do it. And So, is Ragnarok a bad thing is a question that is not necessarily an obvious one. There's a lot of sad parts to it. There's a lot of destruction, a lot of death. But there's also the world being reborn. And I mean, that's... That's a good thing. 
So Ragnarok's and not necessarily Balder comes bad. Back. And Balder comes back. Yes, thank you. And that's a huge thing. That's a huge good thing that Balder finally comes back. And the light returns to the world, if you want yeah. to take that interpretation. Right. Well, I think the world is reset. And, you know, the dragon goes back well, down to the bottom of the world, too. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, the interpretation of Balder is light, and Hoder is yeah, yeah. dark, so... It's just one of those things. It's the interpretation for this cycle, because it makes a lot of sense. The interpretation of, of Balder in his actual reign, we don't know what that's going to be yet. They're going to have different stories. Balder's going to go on to do his own things and really define himself as an individual when when he does come back, just like Magni and Modi and all the others will. Hoder, you know. Personal question. Yeah. Real quick. I can't recall Braggy being mentioned in Ragnarok. I don't Do think that he is. No, okay. I don't think he's mentioned. Okay. So I, I'm not. I'm not. We don't exactly know if he's sure surviving or not. Actually, no. no, because they listed the ones that would survive, right? And they, the ones that would carry on. I, I don't think they made it an exclusive list, though. They didn't say these are the only ones to survive. They just mentioned these ones will survive. <laughs> also, we don't hear much about the goddesses. No, we hear basically nothing about the goddesses. Which is very strange because uh, Freya... Has half the but, warriors, yeah. Yep. I really think that any... I don't think the monks... Okay, as unfortunate as it may be, it is monks who translated these poems. Yep, it's very and true. And I don't think they would have copied stuff about strong female characters who have roles of power. It was just too at odds with their culture and religion of the time. So I really think that we have lost a lot of lore about the goddesses because of that. And especially the lore in Ragnarok. Because they would be in a fighting um, quote-unquote masculine role which which would have made the priest very uncomfortable i mean we have stories or that's or that's an interpretation we don't know we don't know it's lost we don't know but we do know that there was such a thing as female warriors back in the day and very true very true female war leaders as well yeah and a lot of a lot of that has some of it has been there for ages, but a lot of new archaeology suggests it's more common than we thought. I think that that history was written out right. because it made people very uncomfortable. And the archaeology is finally catching up and saying, like, no, it wasn't totally weird to be a female warrior. This was not a one-off. This was a thing that that happened. Um, so I feel like since the historians buried it to a large extent just because it's so alien to the culture they were trying to foster i feel like the people who wrote the lore would would do the same thing i could be wrong i mean i or you, can't, you can go to a yeah crazy, i could be wrong or you could have yeah. a completely crazy uh interpretation which odin didn't allow the knowledge of that part of ragnarok to happen and be spread he keeps that personal so that's why they went out in the end because the goddesses joined the battlefield. Don't know. I'm just here. 
Yeah, uh, he could be. They could be like the elite assassin force or something that nobody sees coming in the end. Right, right. We, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. We really, we really don't know. Um, which is unfortunate because you know most people, or I mean, a lot of a decent number of people who have a male patron can say if they survive Ragnarok or not, which is nice to know. Um, but you know, the people who have a patron goddess don't necessarily have that luxury. If Frigga was your patron, you want to know if she survived. Well, I, I think it's depressing, too, it, because I think the goddesses should be revered very highly, not just yeah. for the maternal side and the love side that they have, but for the warrior aspect and how strong and uh, willed and powerful they are in their own right. Oh, I completely agree. I absolutely agree and and one of the biggest tragedies that i see in popular ossetril and i i don't think it's an epidemic but you still see it is where the goddesses get forgotten about because you cannot understand ossetril if you don't understand the goddesses and unfortunately it's easy to do because there is less lore about them and and i think it is because the strong female thing made people uncomfortable i think even today the bristling necklace story with freya mm. mm-hmm. makes people uncomfortable and they i love don't that story like it yeah I uh, yeah I do it too. Make, it, to me it just makes her all the stronger freya is a strong goddess absolutely and, and she's one of the ones i hold up there very high uh yeah. freya very Freya is very high. Frigga is extremely high for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just happen well, to yeah. really respect uh, Heimdall for his his yeah. task and Braggy for the spreading of knowledge. Yeah, and and I think um, Frigga is a huge one because she is the only god, not the only goddess, the only god that can really match wits with Odin and win. Absolutely. But the stories where she wins are not the ones that get read. More I often do. than not. Oh, I know you do, but <laughs> but I feel like in some groups, and I'm not picking on a particular group here, in some groups, those stories really never get read, and, and well, I think they should. Well, I think what they're trying, if I'm going to give them a bit of credit, what I think they're trying to do is they're showing Odin in the highest esteem and highest light that they can and to show that he has any weaknesses against anyone would be kind of detrimental to that viewpoint which i don't think so it just shows that he is a being yes he's not all powerful all knowing he's just very powerful and very knowledgeable he's extremely extremely powerful yeah and the fact that he has married someone who can match which and match match abilities with him is it it shows even more respect for odin and absolute respect for frigga as well yeah yeah and and that that's how i take it but i think your point that they never want to show him in a position of weakness that's fair and maybe i'm maybe i'm being hard on some people and you know most austro people i've met don't suffer from that you know they have respect for the goddesses as well uh but still something you very much fall into is remembering Frigga for motherhood and Freya for love, where I think, just like last week when we talked about Thor and how he wasn't just a big, dumb, tough guy, but he was clever, I think sometimes it's important to take a moment to remember Frigga for her cleverness, Freya for her strength, 
and her fighting spirit instead of just the oh love and beauty because yes that is part of those goddesses and a huge part of it and and, and just part of who they are and what they represent but there's more to them than that the goddesses are not and i mean we're focusing on frig and frigga because those happen to be ones that i'm close to Uh, but all the goddesses would fall into the same thing where they're not these two-dimensional characters and they don't just have quote-unquote feminine tasks they have strength they have cleverness let me ask you just one more question then about odin okay Mm -hmm. how much respect for you or how much respect would you have for Odin if he married someone who was weak, weak-willed, who would just bow and bend to every whim that he had? Would you oh, have respect for that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And I, 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 Odin and Bragi are sort of my patrons, so I spend a lot of time trying to understand uh, Odin and how he thinks, which is not a task I think you can actually achieve, but right. you can get closer. I don't I just simply don't think he would. He would never marry someone who was not on his level. And I mean we know that Odin uh had a lot of children from other women, you know, usually for a reason. That's that's part of him that I don't uh do myself. I I don't think that it's wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm sure him and Again, Frigga have an exactly. ag- agreement. We don't it, know. <laughs> We don't know for sure, but I feel like that would be the only right way to do it. But the only one that he truly loves, and the only son that he that he holds above all others, are the is the one that he created with Frigga. Though I think he has much respect for Thor, even though I think he may be a tool. Yeah, not I a, do. Not a tool. Oh, he's such a tool, but as uh, yeah, a, a weapon. I know. I do think he has a lot of respect for Thor. And it's probably grown over time because Thor is not only a child, it's also a person who he can come to respect. But he has a he has a special love for Balder that is reserved just for Balder, I think. And I think part of that is because he doesn't just love Balder because he's Balder, like he might love Thor because he's Thor. He also loves Balder because he's like the union of him and Frigga. And and to answer your direct, your question directly, I wouldn't have as much respect for him if he married someone weak and lowly and below him. He wouldn't, but if he did, it would be harder to respect him for that. Odin really married one of the only beings in the universe who was actually a uh on his level. A match for him, if you will. So in other words, if you do not pay homage and respect for Frigga as much as you do Odin, you're actually doing a disservice to Odin. Um, you are, you are, you are a little bit. I'm not going to tell anybody out there, if your patron is Odin, you have to have your patron be Frigga as well, or something like no, that. No, that's not what I'm but saying. I'm just saying you have to respect her just as yes. much. If your patron is Odin, even simply out of respect for him, you you have to understand that she is a strong, clever entity, and not just Odin's wife. Frigga's not just Odin's wife. She's her own person, and a very clever one at that. And simply to understand Odin, you have to understand that. And to respect Odin, you have to respect her as well. Yeah, I'm, I think. I agree. 
But um, I think we have actually reached the hour mark. So I'm going to wrap it up for today. Um, you did this, this was a good conversation. I like this. This may spark some other ones in the future. I'm not sure yet. I will say that right now, we because we did that have moss study for so long, we don't have like a, what do you want to call it, a quote-unquote plan, like this is what we're doing. So if anybody is just curious about something or wants to hear our thoughts about something, Austria-related, obviously, or, nah, it can be a moral question, and then we would look at it at the lens look at it through the lens of Ossetro. So yeah, if, if somebody's curious about something, now would be a great time to write in before we start another big series. Uh, so I'll I'll say that. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I totally forgot the final thoughts. Uh, let me back up a bit. Lore, what are your final thoughts? Well, I'm just going to talk about prophecy for a second. I don't think there's fate. I think we're likely to do things because of who we are and how we are grown and and who our families are. But I don't think it's fated that we're going to do anything necessarily. However, I think there is something to be said for uh, beings and people who look into the future based upon what has happened in the past. I think you can get a lot of information from that, but I think it's a lot of internal looking and I'm not saying take it with a grain of salt, but I am saying that it is not necessarily the way things are going to happen. But if you fight for it, they certainly can. And that's my final thought. All right. Well, on prophecy, since that was our official topic, I think that I'll say I, I think I'm pretty much on board with you there. How do I want to say it? Um... I don't believe in the common sense definition of fate. What is called fate, I would view more as possibilities. We don't have limit, limitless possibilities. I can't grow wings and fly. There are some things you really can't do. Um, not, not many, but some. I think fate is the possibilities we have open towards us, and we can fulfill that fate. And we can do a great job and do great things by taking advantage of those possibilities. But no, I don't think it's predestined to happen. I think that a hero can fulfill their fate, but if they can fulfill their fate necessarily, that means they can fail at fulfilling their fate. They cannot fulfill their fate. And and I, I think it's the same with Ragnarok. I think the fate of... The gods have a fate which they can choose to fulfill or not, and that's Ragnarok. And I have complete confidence that they have chosen to fulfill that fate. They've chosen to say, this is for the good of everybody, and we're going to do this for our people. But there's always the possibility they change their mind at the last minute and don't do it on a purely technical level. But I have... I have faith that the gods are going to do the right thing and fulfill their fate, which in this case is uh, continuing the cycle by fighting in Ragnarok. So yeah, I, I guess I used the word fate, but what I really mean is possibility. I believe there's possibilities. So with that, I will say thank you everyone for listening. This was the Hugenhoff Podcast. If you want to write in, please feel free to do so. And that is at Podcast at gmail.com. 
or check out my website at uh, www.hugenhoff.org. Also, we're partnering with the Northern Runes Radio, and if by chance you haven't heard about them, please visit their website, which is northernrunesradio.org. That's all one word, or just Google it, northernrunesradio.org. And just sign up for their RSS. There's no reason to go out to the player every time. Oh, they're, they're on YouTube, too. If you like YouTube more than RSS, you would do it that way. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. So check them out. Thank you for listening. And we will see everybody next month. Frau Hale. Frau Hale.